Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Zimmerman with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by Danielle Chanel, President, Command Business Partners, Inspire Innovations. Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm also thrilled to be here. It's great to have you. And of course, we're going to discuss some best practices and, and pragmatic approaches to achieve and maintain a CMS five-star rating. So with that, let's dive in here and just to to, to lay the groundwork for, for the conversation to come to help listeners appreciate your perspective. Can you just introduce yourself a bit further and, and share a bit about your, your role, professional background, and the work you're doing with Inspire Innovations? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, so um, for several years, I was a CIO uh, of a home health agency and New York-based health plan. I also worked for a business process management software company and consulting company for over 10 years before I started Command Business Partners in 2012. Um, and I pretty much worked on everything from small-scale process improvement projects like transforming and automating complaints, appeals, and grievance processes for a small 20,000 member plan um, to really large scale global process standardization projects. I spent a number of years um, working on a project for MetLife Central Europe and Middle East operations. Um, today, my company, which is Command Business Partners, along with my partner company, um, I'm a director with Inspire Innovations. Um, we work with our health plan clients to provide a variety of process improvement, optimization and automation solutions. Um, and those solutions help you know, alleviate the staffing challenges that companies are facing, uh, of course, reduce costs, um, but also improve member and provider experience and overall operations, um, which as you know, directly impact star ratings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but direct correlation there for sure. And, and of course those star ratings, those CMS star ratings carry, carry a lot of weight for both payers and providers. Mm -hmm. um, Danielle, in your view here, what are you know sort of the key factors healthcare leaders should be considering as they strive to achieve that five star rating? Mm -hmm. um, what what approach do you recommend here? What what's been your experience? Yeah, such a key question, really. Um, so I think that you know it, to summarize it, it's definitely you have to have a long term strategy while you take immediate you know near term action, right? And so maybe let me elaborate on that a little. So with achieving five stars, right? A lot of times the approach is to analyze the various measures, determine where you are and where you have to be, right? And then focus initiatives to meet each of those measures. I think part of the challenge with just kind of a, a near-term measure by measure approach is kind of like playing whack-a-mole, right? You know, stars is a moving target. CMS will remove measures. They will replace them with different measures. The weightings shift. Sometimes it, you're dealing with medical outcomes having heavier weighting than member experience, and that shifts back and forth. Um, and things like the cut marks or the benchmarks you have to achieve are continuously changing. So I think that, again, while you have to have that immediate near-term focus of dealing with each measure, I think that you also have to you know, combine that with this long-term strategic focus on operational excellence and a company-wide understanding and commitment to STARS. Yeah, and Danielle, quick follow up for you there. You 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 laid out pretty, uh, pretty succinct but pretty detailed in terms of how CMS star ratings, how these are sort of moving targets, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it, is is there sort of a way to because I imagine 
you know, we at Beckers are, are um, well aware of sort of some Friday afternoon CMS updates from time to time. Um, <laughs> so how, how they'll roll those out. Um, but is there, I guess my, my question is, is there a way to really try to get out in front of some of the trends? And I'm sure there that's true to an extent, like you can um, see some changes coming down the road, but then other things, other elements of that moving target are harder to predict. Yeah, um, for sure. Can, can, can you just share a little bit of insight about how that predictive element of this might work? Yeah, I think I think it kind of goes back to I think rather than trying to predict how a measure is going to change, my philosophy is that if you're focused on operational excellence and you're focused on achieving that excellence across the board all the time, right? And the whole organization is focused on medical outcomes and member and and provider experience, it becomes less a question of where's the target moving? right? You're not as focused on trying to hit a specific target as much as you are just having a broad strategy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that does make sense. And so just thinking about that excellence then, is that sort of that element, would you say, because, because my next question is really how can leaders at, at payer organizations embed these best practices mm-hmm. in their teams for, for this quality improvement? And I imagine that that commitment to excellence is a part mm-hmm. of your answer. Are there Absolutely. any more specific, are there any more specific examples you can share there? Yeah, for sure. I think so. You know, and probably people have heard this all the time, but I really do think it it, it matters. People process technology, right? Those are the three things you always have to focus on. And with STARS, I think it has to start with people. Um, I was recently at a Becker's conference and uh, there was a woman speaking from UPMC and I couldn't agree with her more completely in that what she was talking about was organizations have to, from top to bottom, you know, make sure everyone in the organization understands what STARS is, why it's important. Um, And you, I think, mentioned earlier, you know, it has a huge impact on revenue. Um, and so each department, each person really has to understand their role in it. Um, and so I think there are some things, you know, it has to kind of become part of the DNA of a, of a culture of a company. Um, and I think that, you know, companies can do things like, you know, make sure every executive and manager knows what the measures are, um, have workshops um, to educate people, uh, make sure you have a champion. Um, that understands not only medical outcomes, which is, you know, quality is a big part of it, but so is member and provider experience. And, you know, look at ways to maybe reward and incent individuals, teams, managers, and so on. Um, And then the second part of that, of course, goes back to then process and technology, um, right? Uh, And making sure that you re-look at those processes that directly impact STARS. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so thinking about those processes and technologies, I, I guess my question then is, what strategies or resources do you think are really effective at, at improving those processes as it re- relates to, of course, achieving that five-star rating? Um, yeah. Any specific success stories to call out here? Yeah, I guess um, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, I, I love this saying, you have to slow down to speed up. Uh, you know, I don't know if you heard that, but it's just great in that I think sometimes we're also busy getting work done. You know, that as leaders, um, a lot of times we fail to revisit processes and redesign and optimize them. Um, You know, we kind of get stuck in, this is the way it's always been done. And, you know, so we kind of stop asking the questions. Um, I'm trained in Lean Office Six Sigma. And while adopting like a formal methodology like that, I think is great. And it is very effective. It's not essential. Um, I think that you can 
apply process improvement methods without kind of that more rigid formality. Um, and I'll just mention a particular tool that's been really effective for me, um, and it's called a SIPOC. Um, it's actually an acronym, and it stands for Supplier, Input, Process, Output, and Customer. Um, and it's a specific way to facilitate taking a team through who supplies input to a process. Is it members, providers, you know, internal departments? Um, what those inputs are, how they're processed, what the outputs and out expected outcomes are, and then who ultimately is the customer. And from my experience, I've done so many of these, these sessions and you can do them in about a half a day. And people are always blown away by the things that they didn't know, right? Um, it gives managers visibility into things that they're often unaware of, gives voice to people that may not otherwise, you know, speak up and have important things to contribute. And it just helps root out where there are inefficiencies, you know, and I'm just, I'm always astonished at how organizations, you know, can work against themselves by the sheer lack of the fact that they don't have good cross-departmental communication and process awareness. So I know it's kind of a broad statement, but I do think like just process improvement um, is really a key to any operational excellence, which again is at the bottom line of it all, right? Yeah. And the process improvement, as you sort of pointed out there, requires that the sort of intentional communication that you detailed, mm -hmm. it, it requires that cross collaboration. Cause as you mentioned, you know, people always are surprised at what they don't know. And it's, it is kind of astounding when you're not doing that regular communication, all the stuff that can be like floating under the radar or the redundancies that can exist. Right. Absolutely. It is, it is amazing. I've done so many of these sessions and I always include managers and executives and they, they'll walk away just, you know, amazed at, what they didn't realize. Um, and they always come away with really great initiatives. Um, and so they're very effective, I think. It's some, some really good tips there for, for improving processes. And you have talked about technology as well. And I want to maybe zero in on that a little bit, because of course, innovation is sort of essential here for this future of success of all healthcare organizations, payers included, of course. Um, and how can, you know, these organizations, I guess, prioritize new technology investments because there's just so much out there, you know, and, and how can you really tap into the technology that's going to support mm -hmm. business needs and those quality initiatives that are going to yield the results uh, folks want to see? So yeah. what would you recommend here? So, yeah, so true. And I think one of the first things I think is that I think health plans should do proof of concepts, right? There's so much technology, as you said, and Vendors that are confident in their technology will willingly, you know, do a proof of concept with you. Um, and it's a great way to learn more about the technology, what its benefits are, and minimize risk. Another thing, technique that I've used, you know, as when I was a CIO, we had many competing technology projects, as you can imagine. And so this may sound really simple, but we would take all the projects and we would plot them in a bubble chart, like on an XY axis. So we would get rough order of magnitude of complexity, risk of cost and of business value or impact. And we would plot that. And it's amazing how that visualization of all those, those projects and initiatives, you know, can give you a really quick look at where's the biggest bang for the buck, right? I think organizations should invest in business analysts. They help bridge the gap, you know, between IT um, and business and with technology playing such a more and more critical role, um, I think that that's key. Um, and then the last point I guess I'll make is as both a process improvement consultant and a technologist, 
you know, I think process always needs to be revisited whenever you're undertaking a technology project, right? I think there's nothing worse than implementing new technology around old business processes, right? It's not a great way to optimize your investment. Yeah, they, the two go hand in hand. You can't, yeah. you can't do one without the other, correct? But you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, uh, a lot of will can can achieve a lot. I'm sure, Daniel. Uh, thank you so much for it's been such a treat speaking with you today. Is there anything else our, our listeners should know? Yeah, I guess I I would like to take this opportunity just to talk about very briefly two technologies that we we do offer and and um and we provide to our t- you know customers that are really beneficial in transformations. Um, one is a technology called Data Velocity. Uh, it uses AI, machine learning, natural language processing to automate the intake of unstructured documents and data. Um, you know, with health plans, there's so much information coming in, scan documents, emails, faxes, phone calls. Um, and these types of technologies can really help um, improve the member or provider's journey, right? That's the first point of that journey. And if you can you know, process that quickly, categorize it, you know, get it pre-processed, you can really help improve customer service. And that can improve things like your CAP scores in terms of how members will rate you. Um, the second technology, I'll try not to be too long-winded, uh, is insurance process automation suite. We call it IPASS. It's a technology that's been used in the traditional insurance industry for a really long time. Um, and we're starting to finally see some adoption in healthcare. Um, but it's basically a layer of technology that works with the systems you have to orchestrate the movement of information in accordance with the business procedures and policies. Um, And a use case that I'll apply that to is appeals and grievances. So in appeals and grievances, you have all these documents and things coming in and the caseworker has to get data from a lot of different systems. And so the first thing a technology like this does is it can aggregate data from many places. Right, so I can aggregate the member data and the claim information, benefit information, and all of that into what we call a single pane of glass. From there, you know, these types of platforms can apply processing rules. So to ensure things like timeliness, make sure this gets acknowledged or resolved on time. Uh, routing rules, what's the next step in this process? Um, does it need to be submitted to an IRE and by when? Uh, and things like data validation rules. And, you know, how does that all tie back to something like STARS? Well, you know, ensuring meeting appeals timeliness, which is a measure, um, utilizing things like historical data to predict, you know, if you should or should not submit an IRE to an independent, uh, submit a case to an independent review entity, um, and then using all that great analysis data to provide operational insights um, to root causes of member dissatisfaction, um, you know, around things like access to care and care coordination uh, and customer service. Um, So I know I kind of put a lot out there, but again, I think there's a lot of great technologies that can help, but it definitely goes back to those three key points, people, process, technology. You know, that's the only way to drive any kind of transformation and operational excellence. And I think that that's what's key to STARS. Yeah. And Daniel, thank you so much for, for laying all that out. I think we really um, try to to bring solutions-oriented conversations to to our audience, and I think you've really helped us achieve that goal today. So thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. And I also want to thank, of course, our sponsor, Inspire Innovations, for helping us put this podcast together. You can tune into more podcasts and virtual events from Becker's Healthcare by visiting beckershospitalreview.com.